Welcome to Israel Jesus Priesthood Nation podcast, an ongoing series of This Gospel of the Kingdom, featuring the uncut Word of God, sponsored by Jeshurun's captives, Israel, the Lord's designated priesthood nation to all the sons and daughters of Adam. And now your host, Brother Jeshurun J. Grace and peace in Jesus' mighty name. Welcome to our podcast, and thank you for joining us. The title of today's tutorial is who and what is an Hebrew Israelite? Yes, I know, uh, but today we're going to finish out this series originally started in February after several distractions, but we're tracing the lineage of several of the patriarchs associated with or belonging to the original nation called the Children of Israel. Bible History Month is what it should be called. But today, we're going to take a look at the biblical patriarch, Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. So sit back and relax, because the story of the patriarch Jacob and his seed, albeit extraordinarily exciting, is also a very detailed and painful one. Here we go. Most people are at least somewhat familiar with the ongoing conflict and what has become known as the war in the Middle East. But what many do not realize is, this is a protracted war and based upon an inherently false narrative, motivating an intrinsic ancestral conflict. The bloody feud between the Arabs, descendants of Ishmael, the firstborn son of Abraham, and the Edomites, the descendants of Esau, who was the firstborn son of Abraham's younger son, Isaac. And this is very important. Both sides believe that because they are the descendants of the eldest siblings of their respective fathers, the birthright, which is the blessing that includes the land, should have been passed down through their fathers to them. We're going to uncover the historical biblical truth right here today on Israel, Jesus Priesthood Nation podcast. You see, Jacob was the grandchild of Father Abraham. Like his older brother Esau, he too was in Hebrew. And Jacob, like Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, and his older brother Esau, all five of those individuals and their descendants were and are the descendants of Noah's oldest son, Shem, also pronounced Sim, Semitic, which is where the term anti-Semitic derives but you can't legitimately be anti-something that you are, right? Read our tutorial, What is Anti-Semitism? Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, whose name was changed by God to Israel. He was the youngest son of Isaac, who himself was Abraham's second son. The covenant with God was established with these three principal individuals. But all of Abraham's children and physical grandchildren were and are Hebrew simply because Abraham was called a Hebrew. Ishmael are the Arabs. Isaac's son Esau, also known as Edom. And Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. But Jacob was the first of Abraham's Hebrew descendants who was also called Israel. I said Israel, not Israeli. 
That's not Jacob's name. Jacob was the first Hebrew Israelite. Scripture. And Abraham begat Isaac, the sons of Isaac, Esau, and Israel. First Chronicles chapter 1, verse 34. Brothers and sisters, as previously mentioned, an Hebrew person is an individual of a specific nationality or race of people. I invite you to interact with us and do your own research. Simply look it up. The definition of race, a family, a tribe, people, or nation belonging to the same stock, a class or kind of people united by shared interests, habits, or characteristics. That's the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Hebrew is a race, a nationality, not a religious denomination. I said not a religious denomination. You see, the covenant with God, this covenant of God, which Jacob's descendants later transgressed, had been passed down to Jacob, who was Israel, from his father Isaac, who received it from Jacob's grandfather, Abraham, passing over Abraham's oldest son, Ishmael, who are the Arabs. Let's read it. Scripture. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking him. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Genesis chapter 21, verse 9 through 12, end of scripture. You can also read our tutorial, who and what is an Hebrew Israelite, Isaac. But not only was Abraham's oldest son, Ishmael the Arab, passed over, but Isaac's oldest son, Esau, also known as Mount Seir, Bozrah, Teman, and Edom, which means red. In the Greek language, it is Idumian. Edomites are the nation of people the world today assumes are the Jews. But Jews, they are not. The story of Jacob and his older brother Esau is an extremely important story. Every person from every walk of life should be familiar with their story. Eternal life, salvation for every person is dependent upon knowing who they are. According to the word of God, one of them possesses the oracles, which are, which are the answers of God. This is how their story began. Take a good seat because it's a little lengthy. Scripture. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt by the well Laharoi. And these are the generations of Isaac. Abraham's son Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Pandanaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. 
and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Now keep, that, keep in mind, Esau was the oldest son. But to continue, and when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them, and the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Kind of like myself, although I like being outside. But anyway, to continue. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said unto Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. That's very important. But continue. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Genesis chapter 25, verse 11, verse 19 through 34. So, in essence, Esau was out in the field hunting. He didn't find anything to eat that day. He didn't find anything to kill, so he didn't eat. So when he came back home, he smelled his food that his brother was cooking, and he was hungry. I guess he was faint. But uh, he sold his birthright, brothers and sisters, right there on the spot for a plate of beans. The Lord said lentils, so, you know, yeah. He sold his food. He sold his birthright for a plate of food. Okay. Esau sold his birthright to his fraternal brother, his fraternal twin brother, Jacob. Scripture. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16. That's the Bible. Let me read that again. Scripture. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 in the scripture. But let's take a look at the blessing Jacob received after Esau sold it for a plate of food. Scripture. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here I am. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapon, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, and make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake unto Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I hear thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me some venison, and make me savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the field, go to the flock, 
and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savor me for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before he, before his death. And Jacob said unto Rebekah, My mother, behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, and go fetch me them. And he went, and he fetched, and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her oldest son, her eldest son, Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread, which she had prepared, into the hands of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Hmm. Continuing. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him, and he said, The voice is Jacob's voice. But the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him. And he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near, and he kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, God give thee the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's son bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone from out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat, and brought it to his father, and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that my soul, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac his father said unto him, who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me, and I have eaten of all before thou camest, and have blessed him? Yeah, he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtility, and have taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. 
He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Hmm. And he said, Has thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Has thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice, and he wept. Genesis 27, chapter 27, verse 1 through 45. That's a lot of scripture, but it's very, very important that we read that. So we just read, and I'm diverting from the script now. We just read before where Esau gave up his birthright, right? So he could feed his face, so he could eat. So he did not own that anymore. And then we read where Rebecca told Jacob to go and fetch the food so she could prepare it and that he could take it in and that he could receive the birthright. Did we not read that? That's what we read, right? Okay. So now they're trying to put the onus on Jacob. Okay, we're just going to keep reading. That was Genesis chapter 20, 27. Uh, but you should know that the blessing is the birthright. Birthright, a right, a privilege, a possession to which a person is entitled by faith. But that whole transaction, brothers and sisters, was a plan orchestrated by God. Because did not the Lord tell her that the elder shall serve the younger? And that's what we just saw happen. Isaac just made Jacob Lord over Esau. So this plan is bigger than we see. There's more to it than we read. That's why we have to, we have to read these scriptures and we have to be able to put the pieces together. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. That's how you read that Bible and how you get the story other scriptures we you know, other other lessons we put together we show you that the lord did that so that other people couldn't get the word of god and twist it to make it fit their narrative the lord is very deliberate in his protocol back to the lesson the word of god verifiable documented and recorded history tells us that the descendants of esau later stole the identity of esau's fraternal twin brother jacob israel in an attempt to regain possession of the birthright that the Lord said that Esau sold when he was hungry. You can read more about that in our tutorial, Esau and Identity Theft. We lay it all out. We know how they got into the land. We know how Esau took possession of Jacob's birthright. We know when they did it. All that stuff is detailed in history, but we have to read it. We have to search it out. The Lord said to seek and ye shall find. So if you seek it, he's going to make certain that you find what it is you're looking for. First off, you start by reading his Bible. And then you add, you follow the protocol that the Lord put in place. The Lord has his servants out here. He has his priesthood nation as able to take this because it's important. These are the guidelines. These are This is the rule book. These are the, this is the path that you follow seeking salvation. Because if you don't know who the priests of God are, how do you know how to go and get the word of God? Who, who's giving it to you? How do you know what you're getting is from the Lord? The Lord said, how can they run unless they've been sent? So, I mean, the Lord has a protocol. We just have to follow. But anyway, back to the lesson. All of this that you're seeing today with the word of God and the war in the Middle East and things of that nature, all of this is based on a perpetualized hatred. We see it even today. The people who call themselves Jews 
have a very deep-seated, the Lord said they have a perpetual hatred for Israel. We found an article a couple of years ago where the Israeli, quote-unquote, Israeli chief rabbi calls black people monkeys. They call themselves the so-called priests of God. Why would you, you know, anyway. Okay, scripture. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Mount Sierra and prophesy against it. Because thou hast had a perpetual hatred and hast shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time that their iniquity had an end. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord, I will prepare thee unto blood, and blood shall pursue thee. Since thou hast not hated blood, even blood shall pursue thee. That's Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 1 and 2, verse 5 and 6. So when you look in the Middle East, or anywhere else for that matter, when you find the people who call themselves Jews today, and you see the Arabs running in the middle of them and blowing themselves up or running in a, in a crowd of, 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 of the people who call themselves Jews, stabbing them to death. You just read right here why the, Lord, why the Lord caused that. He said he would cause blood to pursue them. So wherever they are throughout the world, you know, the people who, who are the most hated on the planet may not be who you think. You know, there's something else happening here, but you, at least you'll know now why things happen the way that they do. If you read the tutorial that, we're, that, we're, that we uh, put together on this, you'll see uh, how it is that all of this hatred, all this hatred is being perpetuated uh, throughout the world even today. So, so Jacob fled his father's house and became the father of a great nation called Israel. Israel is the Lord's name given to Jacob, passed down to his descendants. That's how they are the children of Israel. But keep in mind, and we have another lesson that we put together uh, where everyone has to partake of this name to become the children of God. The Lord is creating more gods and it's a process, but you'll find that we'll talk about that a little later on. Let's take a look, though, at uh, Jacob's children. They're called the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 tribes based on Jacob's 12 sons. So let's take a look at those sons. Jacob had two wives. At that time, that was the custom. Just like today, we have different customs that the Bible doesn't, doesn't agree with. The Bible had customs back then uh, that mankind does not, even the Lord said, are no longer in, in, in place. But at the time, this was the custom. Genesis 35, verse 22. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in the land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. And Israel heard of it. Now the sons of Jacob were 12. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, and the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's handmaid, Dan, and Naphtali, and the sons of Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, Gad, and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Pandanaran. That was Genesis chapter 35, starting at 22, ending at 26. We are who our fathers. The male carries a seed, brothers and sisters. That's biology 101. We, le we learned that in elementary school. So don't let anyone tell you you're part this, you're part your mama, you're part your grandmama, you're part, 
you are who your father, the male carries a seed. So whatever your father is, that's what you are. So save your money with all this ancestry gobbledygook. But those make up the 12 tribes of Israel. Each one of those sons of Jacob make up the tribes of Jacob. We know where they are today. You can read that in our tutorial, where are the captive Hebrew Israelites today? The Lord God is the one who gave his name, Israel, to Jacob. The Lord has many names. The Lord, God, Almighty God, Yahweh, Counselor, Emmanuel, the Great I Am, Israel, Wonderful, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, just to name a few. Look, scripture. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 through 28. Israel, brothers and sisters, had it not been for that event, Jacob's children would have been known as Jacobites. Instead, they are known as Israelites, because the Lord adopted Jacob and gave him his name, Israel. Jacob's descendants are the children of Israel, Hebrew descendants of Abraham. So they're known as Hebrew Israelites. Scripture. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. As a nation, the descendants of the sons of Jacob, Israel, would lunge from one captivity to the next. Starting with the captivity in Egypt, around the 1500 BC. Then the Assyrian captivity, around 720 BC. Then the Babylonian captivity, beginning with the Chaldeans, in 586 BC continuing in the Babylonian captivity with the Persians, the Persian Empire in 538 BC, then the Greek captivity in 332 BC, then the Roman captivity in 70 AD, still in captivity today, because the Lord said that Israel would be in captivity until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled, and the times of the Gentiles, although it's in the middle of transition, it has not ended yet, brothers and sisters. But it, Israel's captivity began in Egypt. Scripture. And the Lord said unto Moses and Midian, Go, return unto Egypt, for all the men that are dead which sought thy life. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. And I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go, and thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, 
that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Exodus chapter 4, verse 19, verse 21 through 23. Scripture. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. The nation of Israel is the Lord's firstborn among the nations. After freeing the nation of Israel from a very brutal captivity to the Egyptians, Jesus baptized every one of them in the Red Sea, then maneuvered them through the wilderness for 40 years as a punishment for their rebellion. Yes, I said Jesus. He is the God of the Old Testament. You can find that in our tutorial. Jesus, the God of the Old and New Testament. Jesus brought the children of Israel through the wilderness to Mount Sinai and instructed Moses to tell the physical seed of Israel this. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 through 6. The Lord also made a covenant with the nation of Israel and their descendants, his priesthood nation, to all the other nations on planet, to teach them how they too can become the children of God. You can read more about that in our tutorial, the Elohim, what is the Godhead? As I mentioned, brothers and sisters, God is creating gods. That's what this whole process is about. That's what the baptism is about. That's what the Lord coming and dying for our sins and recovering his creation so that we can repent of our sins, acknowledge him as God, keeping his commandments, his statutes, and his ordinances, so that when he returns, hopefully, if we're so blessed, even in the first resurrection, after we've received the mind of Christ, as we're doing right now as we speak, we can then get the body and become just like him. And as a result of Israel's insubordination, their continual disobedience, the God of Israel placed the curse and a captivity on the children of Israel. A captivity, the Lord says, will continue even until the Lord returns to gather them from where he scattered them. Indeed, as a nation of captive people removed throughout the world as captive slaves. Let me say that one more time. Indeed, as a nation of captive people removed, Deuteronomy said, by ship into all nations throughout the world. If you check your history, what nation of people have ever been removed by ship into all the world? Here's a hint. It's called the transatlantic slave trade. That's a lesson for another time. But again, why did the Lord cause this evil? The Lord caused the prophet Daniel to write, Yeah, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the laws of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he saith, 
and he hath confirmed his word, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us this great evil, for under the whole heaven had not been done as had been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore the Lord has watched over the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth. For we obeyed not his voice. That's Daniel chapter 9, verse 11 through 14. Brothers and sisters, the land didn't do anything to anybody. It was the children of Israel that sinned against the Lord. Therefore, he cast us out into captivity throughout the world to be there until his return. Scripture. Hear, O heaven, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doeth not know, my people doeth not consider. Ah, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They are gone away backwards from the sole of the foot, even to the head there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land strangers devoured in your presence. It is desolate and so overthrown by strangers. That's Isaiah chapter one, verse two through four and six through seven spells out exactly what happened to this people. And we don't know. We think we're from everywhere. And then the other half of us think we're from Africa. Well, Africa's a continent. Where on the continent are you from, Mr. and Mrs. African-American? If you don't think it matters, look at what happened with the Tutsis and the Hutus. Do you have to have a place where, you, where you're from? Everybody comes from someplace. You know, you ask the Lithuanian where they're from. Well, I'm from Lithuania. They don't just say, I'm from Europe. You know, you ask the Greek, you know, where are you from? Well, I'm from Greece. They don't just tell you they're from a continent. We won't read all about Israel's aberrant behavior or the curses from God right here today, but you'll find them clearly spelled out throughout the word of God. And we'll also find them detailed in our blog, in the tutorial, as a matter of fact, identifying God's priesthood nation. But speaking about those curses, scripture, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. A sign and a wonder. Well, brothers and sisters, what does a sign do? You go to the stop sign, what it would stop, right? You got to stop or turn left you know, or turn here, or do not enter. You know, a sign identifies, it instructs, it tells you something. A sign directs. Let's read some scripture. The Lord shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee into a nation, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. 
and there thou shalt serve other gods, wood and stone. Wonder. Hmm. I wonder. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all the nations whither the Lord shall lead thee. A proverb. What is wrong with these people? Astonishment. A byword. Proverb. Negro. Black. African-American. Nigger. Coon. Spade. Colored. I could go on, but let's finish this. A sign. Again, a sign identifies. It tells you what to do. It informs you. Scripture. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy thee. That's Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 through 68. Deuteronomy 28, that whole chapter pretty much lays out what happened to the Lord's priesthood nation. But when the Lord says he's going to bring you into Egypt again with ships and other scriptures, well, the Lord said that you would never return. We would never return to Egypt. He's talking here about bondage. Just like we were in bondage in Egypt to the pharaohs, Israel will be in bondage over here. So were we bought and sold? Yes. Other scriptures the Lord would tell us, tells us that we were, little boy was, was sold for a harlot or a bottle of wine. Were we bought and sold? Yes. Chattel slavery? Absolutely. But this Egypt that the Lord is talking about is symbolic. It refers to the first captivity in Egypt as an example of then Israel's impending future. But again, the Lord said he, we would never return into Egypt as captives. Okay, scripture. When Israel was a child, then I loved him. And I called my son out of Egypt. As they called him, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense to graven images. I drew them with the cords of men, with bands of love, and I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws, and I laid meat unto them. He shall not return into the land of Egypt, but the Assyrians shall be his king, because they refused to return. So we did not return into Egypt. The next captivity, brothers and sisters, as we read earlier, were to the Assyrians. Those are Cushites, also known as Ethiopians. In our lesson, where are the captive uh, Hebrew Israelites? You'll see, you'll find that Israel is still in Ethiopia today. We're still held captives over there. But that's a lesson for another time. That was Hosea chapter 11, verse 1 through 2 and 4 through 5. The Assyrians, the Hamite, Africans, did in fact take 10 tribes of the nation of Israel captive in 720 BC. You can read more about that in our tutorial, How Black People, the Negro, first arrived in the land of Ham, Africa, as captive slaves. But the captivity spoken about in Deuteronomy 28 was in fact known to the world as the transatlantic slave Scripture. And when you shall see Jerusalem compass with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries there enter into. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. 
But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That's Luke chapter 21, verse 20 through 24. I want to read a little history, brothers and sisters. This comes out of the book, The Last Two Million Years, page 87. It's titled, Faith Survives the Dispersion. The crucifixion of Jesus about AD 30 did not end Jewish resistance to the Roman occupation. In 70, when the country was again in a state of revolt, Jerusalem, the holy city, became the core of the resistance to the Romans. Titus, the son of Emperor Vespasian, proceeded to lay siege to Jerusalem. The city fell and the inhabitants were enslaved in their thousands and dispersed throughout the Mediterranean world. Again, that's the last two million years, Reader's Digest, last two million years, page 87. So those who were not murdered, tortured and murdered, were sent running, they, they were scattered, the Romans took many of us captives. Some of us died in the transatlantic slave trade, died thrown off the boats. Some of us were murdered, and then the rest of us, we were scattered. We ran off into Africa. Here's some more history. Atlas of the Bible, page 202. The walls enclosing the temple in the upper and lower cities were the most formidable, barriers of all. Postponing an all-out assault, Titus turned to starvation tactics. A certain amount of food had been smuggled into the city almost nightly during the siege. But now the Romans sealed off Jerusalem completely with a wall of their own made of earth and some five miles in circumference. From the outset of the siege, those attempting to get through the encircling lines had been caught and crucified. Sometimes the daily executions reached 500. The crosses were never bare. Inside the city, starvation and disease claimed a mounting toll. Bodies filled the streets and were stacked in houses. Thousands of corpses were thrown from the walls into the valleys below. That's Atlas of the Bible, page 202. So we see that the Romans encircled the city and they dug a trench around it, an extremely deep trench. It was five miles wide. So if you're caught in this trench trying to escape the city, they just caught you. And when they caught you, they tortured you, and they murdered you. The chosen process of murder in those days, brothers and sisters, was, was crucifixion. We see that Jesus was not the only Hebrew Israelite that was hung from the cross. That was the Romans' method of murder. Sort of like uh, lethal injection or being executed in an electric chair today. So, you know, while you're running around with the cross on your neck or these medallions or whatever it is that people wear, you might as well put a hypodermic needle, as my teacher says, around your neck. It's the same thing. But the only nation of people removed into worldwide captivity by ships were Israelites, also known as the transatlantic slave trade. Like the Africans, history proves that the Israelites are a nation of dark-skinned people as well. But unlike the descendants of Ham, the Africans, or Japheth for that matter, the Gentiles, who are the descendants of Noah's second and third sons, the children of Israel's names and titles have changed from time to time, just like the Lord said they would. 
right? For example, Negro, colored, blacks, nigger, Afro-American, African-American, coons, babe, you get the point. All by words, right? Check this out. We're going to do this again. Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 37. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whether the Lord shall lead thee. Isn't that weird? Hmm. But they were originally called Hebrew Israelites, right? Not a religion. They were called Hebrew Israelites. They were a nation of people. Reading is fundamental. But guess what other often misquoted Hebrew Israelites Individuals were mistaken as Hamites, Africans, and Egyptians. But they were in fact Hebrew Israelites. Take a lucky guess. Oh yeah, Moses. Scripture. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the, the troughs to water their father's flocks. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tongue twister. Let's do that again. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up to help them and water their flocks. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hands of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flocks. That's Exodus chapter two, verse 16 through 19. Even Ruel, thought, his daughters thought that Moses was an Egyptian. But brothers and sisters, Moses was an Hebrew Israelite. As a matter of fact, he was, an, he was a Levite from the Jacob's, the son of Jacob's tribe of Levi. Scripture. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. To fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on it. And she said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Exodus chapter 2, verse 5 through 6, and verse 10. So, Moses was a Hebrew Israelite too. We also see that the name Moses was an Egyptian name given to a Hebrew Israelite. But he was not Egyptian, brothers and sisters. We all know that. We all know the story of the Ten Commandments, right? The name Moses is an Egyptian name. Who else was mistaken for an African? Oh, yeah. Apostle Paul. Scripture. I say thee, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Would ye not what the scripture say of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thy altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee or to the image of Baal. Even so, at this present time, also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. That's Romans chapter 11, verse 1 through 5. Paul, like his brethren, living in the Roman province of Jerusalem in his day, indeed, scattered throughout the world, was a Hebrew Israelite. Scripture, Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. 
Speaking of Paul, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisees, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But Apostle Paul was mistaken for a Hamite, an Egyptian, known today as the African. Check it out. Scripture, art not thou that Egyptian, which before these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness, 4,000 men that were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man, which is a Jew of Tarsus, a city of Sicilia, a citizen of no mean city, and I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. Acts chapter 21, verse 38 through 39. Apostle Paul was a Benjamite from Jacob's son, Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, a Benjamite. In fact, every word of every verse in every chapter in the word of God was given by God and written down by a Hebrew Israelite, the oracles of God. Scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. Scripture. Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants the prophets. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. And the land of Israel was originally called the land of Canaan, one of Ham's sons, one of the Africans, from the same African continent. The Lord God took the land of Canaan for himself, just like he promised Abraham he would. God planted Jacob's descendants, Abraham's physical seed, his grandchildren, God's adopted children, the Hebrew Israelites in that same land, the land in which God has promised that he will dwell in in the future. You can read more about that in our tutorial. There will be no rapture. Jesus of the Bible, his kingdom will be right here on the earth. Scripture. After Jesus, who came through the seed of David as a Hebrew Israelite, tribe of Judah, returns, he will turn Israel's captivity, then they and all spiritual Israelites of Abraham's spiritual seed. Brothers and sisters, we're talking people from every nation who take hold of a he that is an Hebrew Israelite and becomes part of the commonwealth of Israel, which is the Lord's name, the adopted. Those who take hold of that very same covenant becoming part of Israel by way of Jesus Christ, the baptism will return to the land of Israel, dwelling in the kingdom government of God. Check this out in our tutorial, Black History Awakening, Israel's Return. The descendants of Jacob, Israel, adopted children of God, Hebrews, physical heirs, according to the promises God made with Abraham, must also receive the baptism to become spiritual Israelites. So it's not enough just to be a physical Israelite. That doesn't get you into the kingdom. As a matter of fact, if, if we really knew the history of Israel and how much of a hand we had in the current destruction you see today, because our ancestors fell off, and didn't do what they had promised the Lord that they would do, we'd go somewhere and sit down. 
at least try to serve the Lord. Keep the commandments. Keep his feast days. Keep the Sabbath day. Those are the things that the Lord wants or requires of his children to obey, just like our physical fathers and, and pa our parents did. When you obey, they reward you. They're pleased. It's the same thing with the spiritual father, the creator of all mankind, the creator of all things. To become spiritual Israelites, as was always the process right out of Egypt. We read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 11. Read it again. That was Jesus. He led us by a cloud during the day and by a pillar of fire at night. According to the word of God, it's not sufficient being physical Israel, being the physical seed of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. Scripture, Romans chapter 9, verse 6. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. We're talking covenant, being physical Israelites without repentance, without the baptism in Jesus' name will not allow us access into eternal life. Don't let anyone fool you. Scripture, brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulled, nor addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 15 through 18. Scripture. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Ephesians chapter four, verse one through six. Indeed, just because you've discovered you are Jacob's seed, does not give you carte blanche. Physical Israelites, too, like everyone else, must work for our own salvation. These curses should be our motivation. We must also maintain the covenant with God. Scripture. Now therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commandeth me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous 
as all this law which I set before you this day. Only take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of your life. But teach them to thy sons and to thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my word, that they might learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. And ye came and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire into the midst of heaven, with darkness and clouds and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire, ye heard the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform even the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them upon two tables of stone. The Lord said to keep them forever as a statue. He had Moses come up in the mountain, gave him the Ten Commandments. Moses came down and saw us steeped in our folly once again. He broke those commandments through the mattice. He went back into the mountain and the Lord wrote them down again and he came down. So these commandments are important. Don't let anyone tell you you're not supposed to keep the commandments. That is the only way to receive eternal life is by obeying what the Lord had us to do. I don't care how many commandments there are. Yeah, people say, well, how can you keep 600 and some odd commandments? Well, look, everything you go on your job and your boss tells you to do, don't you do it? This is about eternal life. This is about living forever. No more death, no more sickness. You wanna take it one day and create a day? Create a heaven? Create you a universe? Because you're God? You wanna spend the day up under the ocean? Because the Lord said, the ears have not heard, eyes have not seen the things the Lord has prepared for those who love him. We're talking inheritance. What does all, inheriting all things look like to God? What is that supposed to be? What is that? You, I can't even wrap my head around all things. What does all things mean to God? Okay. But anyway, getting back to the lesson. Again, Hebrew is not a religious denomination. The name holds no religious significance whatsoever. Hebrew is a nationality of people. The descendants of the nation of Israel are the physical seed of Jacob. They are Israelites. Thus the name Hebrew Israelites. The nation of people removed into captivity even by ships and to all nations currently there wherever, even today. So when you hear the term black Hebrew Israelite, understand this. The physical seed of Jacob only come one color. They are one nation, commonly known today as black people. Different shades, yes, but we're all under that same title, that same African-American Hebrew Israelite, black Hebrew Israelite title. We are the physical seed of Jacob. We are the physical grandchildren of Abraham. And the people who call themselves Jews today, those are the descendants of Jacob's twin brother, fraternal twin brother, Esau. But the nation sold as male and female slaves, murdered, beaten, lynched, and castrated throughout the world are known as Hebrew Israelites. They are a nationality of people. They are the Lord's royal priesthood nation. Let's move on, brothers and sisters. Scripture, Acts chapter 13, verse 1. 
Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was also called Niger. Niger means black. The original pronunciation was Niger. The Latin word for Niger is Negro. Yes, means black. That in and of itself, brothers and sisters, is pretty, pretty simple. Look it up. So was my cousin Blue the only black Hebrew Israelite? <laughs> no. And, 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 and so in the black community, if, if you find a brother or sister that's really, that is really dark, we typically call them Blue. But was he the, this the only black in the Bible? No, brothers and sisters, it wasn't. Read our tutorial, Identifying God's Priesthood Nation. So, you know, Moses was a Negro. Scripture. But now, thus said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yeah, I made him. Ye are my witnesses, said the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye might know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared, and have saved, I have shown, when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yeah, before the day was, I am He, and there is none that can deliver out of mine hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus said the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent to Babylon, and have brought down all their nobles, and the Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, 3, 7, 10 through 14. We're talking future here, brothers and sisters. Because the Lord is talking about the end of Babylon. We have a lesson uh, titled uh, Babylon the Great. Right now we're working on part two. We finished part one, but you can find that tutorial on our website, GodheadExpansion.com. Jesus, the Word, is the Holy One of Israel. He is the only Savior. Scripture, Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 12. Wherefore, thus said the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise my word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he spoiled? Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God and that 
My fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. For of old time I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands, and thou sayest, I will not transgress. When upon every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest and played the harlot, yet I have planted thee a noble vine, holy and right seed. How then art thou turned into a degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? For though thou wash thee with nitre, and taketh thee much so, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord, as a thief is ashamed when he is found. So is the house of Israel ashamed. They, their king, their princes, and their priests, and their prophets. But where are thy gods that thou hast made thee? Let them arise, if they can save thee in the time of thy trouble. For according to the number of thy cities are thy gods, O Judah. Wherefore will I plead with thee? Ye all have transgressed against me, saith the Lord. In vain have I smitten your children. They receive no correction. Your own sword hath destroyed your prophets like a destroying lion. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 14, verse 19 through 22, verse 26, 28 through 30. Future. Scripture. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. But if ye turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them, and this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all the nations. Here comes that byword again, brothers and sisters. It is Israel's name that keeps changing. Did the Lord do this? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Did God actually do this? Yes, he did. Did he remove Israel from his sight? Yes, he did. Indeed, he did. And Israel, here you sit in captivity today. I'm not going to go there. Once again, I said, here's a scripture. I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Who looks at Israel as God's chosen people? Chosen in the sense to preach his gospel to the other sons and daughters. Who's listening to a Hebrew Israelite now? You got some Hebrew Israelites out here that teach that you got to serve them, that every other nation can't be saved, that they won't receive salvation. Only Israel will receive salvation. You have some Hebrews that teach that. Who's listening to that? Who wants to hear that? So when you hear the name Hebrew Israelite, who wants to hear a Hebrew Israelite teach about anything concerning the Lord? So the process of wickedness, brothers and sisters, has done that. Even had a guy who everyone assumed was black, 
become the first quote unquote black person to run the United States, he was not a Hebrew Israelite. He was not a, a, of the same lineage. He was a Hamite, he was an African, but he was not Israel. But the hatred for that man was so great that they elected a man that was totally contrary to him. And so here we sit because of the evil and the, the hatred that was created mainly because of what our ancestors did by breaking the covenant of God. Scriptures and others occupy your land in your face. <laughs> Isaiah chapter one, three through seven is a good read. The Lord's name is Israel, brothers and sisters. The Lord God of Israel, Jesus, is the God of Israel. He gave his name to Jacob and his seed at the adoption. When we adopt a child, does that child keep his name? Does he keep his last name? No, we give them our last name when we adopt children. Such is the case with the Lord. He's a practical God. This is exactly why when we read the Bible, all of the children of Jacob, all of the people, all of the Israelites in the Bible, they all have the same last name of Israel, the Lord's name because of the adoption. Israel is the Lord's priesthood nation. We can read our tutorial, The Lord's Church. It shows how Israel is the church and how everyone must become a part of that church, which is actually the woman that you find in Revelation in the wilderness. Scripture, Acts chapter 7, verse 37. This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet, so the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness, with the angel which spake unto him in the Mount Sinai, and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto him. Yes, the Lord's church began in the wilderness. A mixed multitude came out of Egypt with the Israelites. They became the spiritual seed of Abraham, just like the Lord promised. Nothing new under the sun. That's what Solomon wrote. The same thing will happen in the future. All followers of Jesus. Scripture, Acts chapter 11, verse 25. Then departed Barnabas to Tyrus, so to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. The Israelites were the first Christians. The apostle Paul, a Hebrew of Hebrew, taught the Gentiles, commonly known as white people. Caucasians. Remember, a mixed multitude of people came out of Egypt, brothers and sisters. Scripture, Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men besides children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, and even much cattle. Scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The Lord predestinated every person, every nation must become the adopted children of God, the family of God, spiritual Israelites. Scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John chapter three, verse 16 and 17. Be saved how? By adoption, brothers and sisters, grafted in. Children of the most high 
spiritual Israelites, all receiving the same reward of eternal life. Again, Hebrew Israelites are a race of people from the nation of Israel, the nation of God. When the Lord returns in the nation of Israel, the kingdom of God, there will be many races of people from every nation. But Hebrew Israelites are the priests of God. God did not give his gospel to any other nation to teach. No other people. Scripture. Amos chapter 3 verse 1. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which he brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquity. End of Scripture. Scripture. Psalms 147 verse 19. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and judgments unto Israel. Verse 20, he hath not dealt so with any nation, and as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise you, Lord, in the scripture. Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commandeth me, this is Moses talking, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them. This is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. We shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this is a great nation. This nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh to them? We read this earlier, brothers and sisters. As the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in horror, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my word, that they might learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and they may teach their children. We read that earlier. I thought it necessary to read it again. The Lord said, all the days of your life, all the days that you live upon the earth. That's forever. Those commandments are forever. Indeed, as a nation. Indeed, as a nation, the nation of Israel is awakening out of our sleep. As Bible prophecy states that we would. Seek them out, brothers and sisters. We are doctors. We are lawyers. We're former first ladies. Yet we shoot each other in the street. We rob each other. We are ambassadors to other nations. We are secretaries of state. We hold political offices. We're mayors. We're also on the streets. We wear hoodies. We're in factories in the local Walmart. A very resilient people, very talented. But most importantly, brothers and sisters, we are captives. We are the priesthood of the God of Israel. You'll know us by the curses. The Lord said that we're our sign, right? Our behavior resulting from those curses. And as God's priesthood nation, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, which we teach from Genesis to Revelation. But like King David, we are infinitely resolute and wholeheartedly steadfast concerning the Lord God of Israel and his gospel. We're very serious about the word of God. Scripture, the church. Isaiah chapter 2 and 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains 
and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. To the Israelites from all over the world who read this, who listen to this tutorial, even multitudes, those who suffer persecution and mourn for the sins of the city. Scripture, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, they shall raise up the former desolations, they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. The strangers shall stand and feed your flock, and the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, which ye shall be named priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. For your shame ye shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them, and their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 through 7, and verse 9. All that done in righteousness. There'll be no wickedness here. There'll be no usury. There'll be no hatred. There'll be no racism. There'll be no taking advantage of people. There'll be no murder when the Lord returns. The Lord's thousand years of peace will be just that. Time is short, brothers and sisters. You see the calamities. You see the pestilence that the Lord has brought upon this earth. You see the punishment of the Lord. It's time to seek him out. This is not a game. Things will not return to the way they were in the past. We're in the process now of transitioning. Historically, people have lived from in, in a time of transition when one part of the world or one nation gained power and the other one subsided. That's what we're in the process of looking at right now today. Hold on, Israel. It won't be long now. We don't have very long. It'll all be over after a while. So we beseech you, brothers and sisters, to read your Bibles, ask questions, demand answers, pray for understanding, and ask the Lord to send you to the right place for you and your family to worship so that you can serve the God of Israel. You can serve Jesus, the God of Israel. You can become part of the covenant. You can repent and you can become a child of God by receiving the baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus. It's a serious time we're in. I hope that we got something from this lesson. I know that I did even putting it together, but I hope that you learned something from this. Uh, and I thank you for joining us. You can visit all of those uh, tutorials that we mentioned on our website, uh, godheadexpansion.com, godheadexpansion.com. And you'll find all of our associated links at the bottom of each lesson, of each tutorial. Once again, thank you for joining us. We bid you grace and peace. In Jesus' mighty name.
You've been listening to Israel, Jesus Priesthood Nation, brought to you by Jeshurun's Captives with your host, Brother Jeshurun J. Israel. Jesus Priesthood Nation. Israel. Jesus Priesthood Nation.